Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. My guest for this morning is Cindy Dale. She is an internationally renowned author, speaker, healer, and business consultant. Cindy has authored 27 books about energy medicine, intuition, and spirituality. She has also worked with over 70,000 clients and presented hundreds of seminars and workshops across the Americas, Russia, England, Wales, Amsterdam, Iceland, Costa Rica, Belize, Morocco, Peru, and Scotland, to name a few. Cindy is a favorite teacher and healer for China, leading in-person and online classes, and her work has been published in over 17 languages. Cindy currently teaches a certified-level program in energy medicine at Normandale College in Minneapolis, Minnesota. She also teaches a year-long apprenticeship program through her own company, Essential Energy, assisting individuals with developing their natural intuitive and healing gifts. Cindy seeks to unify the world's most vital spiritual messages, encouraging understanding and community among all peoples. Cindy and I will be having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and her latest book, Energy Healing for Trauma, Stress, and Chronic Illness. Good morning, Cindy. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning? I am fantastic, Johnny. I'm so excited to be here to see what we, no pun intended, maybe pun intended, what we can cook <laughs> up together. Fantastic. That sounds good. Everything goes in the kitchen, and at the kitchen table, you can talk about everything. So this is wonderful. It is a pleasure to have you on the air with me. Energy healing for trauma, stress, and chronic illness, extremely insightful, beautifully composed, and illustrated. It is a must-have book for every energy practitioner who is seeking a treasure trove of information about energy medicine. I honestly believe in that. Congratulations on this release. Thank you. Yeah, it's been getting some recognition, and I think it's perfectly timed because Mm -hmm. who isn't feeling the stress, you know, of this year? Right. I mean, I'm just sort of going, look, it's the year. I I just, I'm not going to be surprised at anything this year. I'm just going to go into this sort of open-hearted, neutral place. And if issues Mm -hmm, come mm -hmm. up, I'm going to work on them. Right, right. That's true. So true. Well, let us start by getting to know you a little bit better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of your life from childhood to the present moment. And I might want to add here that we have the whole hour here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, but I will shrink down the childhood. There, there's, you know, like most of us that, you know, my childhood was mixed. What I could always count on though, Johnny, and was always mm-hmm. happy about was that I could see things. I had clairvoyance, which is clear seeing, clairaudience, mm-hmm. which means I could, you know, hear what other people couldn't hear. And so I had this companionship with the fairies, the spirits. I could see colors around people. And I really didn't know how odd I was, even though mm-hmm. my parents kept saying to me, stop making things up kind of thing. <laughs> um, you, know, some, you know, teen years are, can be challenging. The early yeah. teen years, just right. tough. And so I had a near-death experience and returned. And because, uh, you know, whatever word we want to use for God did not let me go to the great white light, I just sort of quit right. using my gifts. I was mm-hmm. like, Done. And I was miserable Mm -hmm. because we have to be the spirit that we are. I was fortunate in that when I started uh, work with a therapist when I was 19 or 20, she said, you know what? You're not only codependent and OCD and this and that, but you're also psychic. So that perked my interest. And I was also fortunate that I could travel a lot, especially Mm -hmm. over the next 20 years. So everywhere I went, I just learned about intuition and energy. I learned from shamans, healers, intuitives in Peru, Belize, Costa Rica, Mm -hmm. I mean, England, Russia, everywhere I went, I just, I just indoctrinated myself with that sort of magic of the natural and the intuitive universe. So guess what I do for a living now? This is what I do, intuition (laughs) and and energy. (laughs) Beautiful. That's beautiful. In your book, you talk about different kind of aspects of lineage, so to speak. 
is there any lineage that you know of within, in general, your families that were gifted as well? That's a really good question, because I do believe that when our soul, you know, kind of comes in, it can Mm -hmm. trigger different capacities, you know, that help us achieve what we're supposed to achieve. And so Mm -hmm. my, yeah, I'm all Norwegian. And most people don't think of intuitives as being Norwegian. (laughs) Right. They don't they they sort of go, those boring old mean Vikings, like really? <laughs> they don't get there. But no, my dad's side of the family, my grandma, his mom, the rest of the family would sort of make fun of her. Like, uh, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, that's Nellie. She's talking to the walls again, she's talking to the ghosts. Mm-hmm. But when my grandpa died, he would actually appear in her television to talk to her. Which I just love that. Like that he could wow. go right into the TV. <laughs> and <Yeah. he's, laughs> I think that's so cool. I'd much rather watch those stations. <laughs> and my mom's side of the family, there was generations back, there was a woman hung in Norway for witchcraft. Mm-hmm. There were authors. Mm-hmm. My mom did dream analysis. Very, very interesting. Let's talk about a little bit when you were young. I mean, one of the things that when you discovered your gifts, what was the toughest challenge, I guess, in the sense that because you were able to see things that other kids and perhaps adults doesn't have the opportunity to see. And so how did that affect you from a standpoint of like, do you feel, for lack of a better term, I guess, odd in a way? I did. I felt really odd as a child, and I felt somewhat isolated. There, mm-hmm. There's almost a crazy-making dichotomy that I had this whole world full of creatures and beings and angels. I mean, I actually remember having tea with angels. Like, they would mm-hmm. sit down, I would serve these, you know, kind of little tiny tea, you know, glasses, and they would interact with me. So there was richness and community mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. But then on the other side, nobody believed me. They were, mm-hmm. they literally thought I was just making it up. And after a while, my dad was more scared of the unknown than I believe my mother was. And right. he started to make comments about, oh, you know, that's where the darkness is. That's where the devil can get you. So I started judging myself as well, which, which in the end is just gives, gave me a very alone feeling. Right, right. So true. Who were the prominent influences when you were growing up? You know, every so often, (laughs) this is kind of funny, (laughs) there were a few family members, but they were the unusual family members. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a great aunt, Mignana, from Mm -hmm. Norway, and she was an odd duck. She would give us furps like... um, Oh, like coffee pots that didn't work. They just had part of their parts there or socks that didn't match. But she would also say, oh, I got this, you know, from a guide or an angel told me to give this to you. So I felt a sense of comfort, even though she was very judged by the family, like, you know, she had a screw loose kind of a thing. I thought, well, okay, well, she's a nurse and she had a job, so I can be vaguely somewhat comforted by that. But I think most of my influencers were my teachers. I was Mm -hmm. smart and Mm -hmm. I was odd. And we moved from the South to the Minneapolis area. So I had an accent. So the kids didn't know how to really relate to me (laughs) or communicate. You know, kids aren't very nice when you're different. They're not. (laughs) So the teachers, different teachers, Johnny would take me under their wings, you know, and just say, you're smart. You can do this. You can do that. So those were guiding forces for me were my teachers. Very interesting. So when did you fully decide to embrace the divine gifts and abilities? I think I was in my early 20s. It's after my therapist said, you're psychic. Mm -hmm. And I sat with it and I thought, is this something you want to (laughs) be? It doesn't (laughs) seem like it. (laughs) right? But then as I was traveling and I met healers, I met shamans, I met people in cultures where this was not only acceptable, it was respected. You know, in almost every village in indigenous communities, this is who, this is, This is the medic. This is the priest. These are the people who are turned to. And so in this sort of backwards way, I started to respect my own gifts. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, when you look back in time and history, so to speak, whether it's fiction, certainly during King Arthur's time, who's the go-to person? Merlin. And just about every kingdom there is out there, even though it's not mentioned, even in real life situation, there is that sort of quote-unquote shaman that is able to give the knowledge of wisdom to direct Yes. Yes, there's the Merlin, there's the healer, there's Mm -hmm. the shaman. I'm Mm -hmm. sure you saw that in Malaysia. You know, I mean, really, even we we we're sort of slow to the table in America Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. because we split, (laughs) we've split it. We have our doctors over here and our therapists over here, and the traditional model, the old model, the true model, really is that those two functions are combined. Because why not reach to spirit at the same right. time you're trying to help the body and vice versa? Right. So true. One of the questions I have, it's intimidating when I started putting together your promo. Did you use your unique edge to help you achieve the summa cum laude in English and philosophy? <laughs> I love that question. So it's sort of like asking, did I cheat? <laughs> No, 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 no. It's not about cheating. It's like, like I'm, I'm channeling the master here, you know, like an English master. It's like, how do you answer this question? What is yeah, a participle here? Yes, I did do that. I remember. Okay, so the philosophy part's especially interesting, right? Mm-hmm. So philosophy, I, I went for a couple years to a school in the Fargo-ish area in North Dakota, mm-hmm. Moorhead, Minnesota, Fargo area, right? And I'm a freshman and I'm taking philosophy. There's five people in the class. I'm the only woman and the rest of them are seniors. They're super smart. They all wore the jackets, you know, with the elbows mm-hmm. that you're supposed mm-hmm. to wear if you're a philosophy. And I'm just sort of this little blonde that looks like a cheerleader. Like, and I could see them looking at me like, really? You think you're going to get something out of this? You're, you think you have anything to offer? I was so in over my head. When I was going to write the papers, I would sit down and go, I wonder what Plato would have to say about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I wonder what Immanuel Kant was really meaning or what Jean-Paul Sartre was intending. Yeah. I think I connected to their energy or their spirit right. and put this down because after a while, the professor kept saying, how do you know these things? I'm like, I don't know. It just sort of comes to me. <laughs> <laughs> very, very interesting. Well, let's talk about the book. What is energy healing? And can you give us a synopsis of your beautiful book? Yes. So energy healing, let me start with the definition of energy. So energy, information that moves. And Everything is made out of energy. Our landlines, our Zoom, our clothes, our coffee, it's all energy. But there's two types. There's physical, which is more concrete, like knock on wood kind of energy. You know, it's just more measurable. And then there's subtle energy, which is often considered to be the same as psychic or quanta. And that's the stuff that because it doesn't have any weight, it can move faster than the speed of light. I mean, just... Think about that so it's not bound by time or space. Mm-hmm. And physical energy is just sort of stuck. I mean, it's like the teapot just sits there, you know, unless you mm-hmm. move it. Mm-hmm. But subtle energy flies all over time, and it can do all kinds of things. So typically when people talk about energy healing, mostly what they mean is that we're working with the subtle energy. We're trying to figure out what's going on in the invisible realms, in the body, outside of the body, that are impacting you, How do you shift this subtle energy so there can be more health, so there can be more wholeness? So that's that's what we're trying to do. And, you know, energy healing could include taking prescription medicines. That's Mm -hmm. just more measurable. But if you're going to be working with the subtle, maybe you want to program positive prayer into the prescription medicines. Or maybe you want to do some meditation while you're taking the prescription medicine so you decrease any negative effects. So it it can mix with the regular allopathic medicine, too. Mm -hmm. Very, very interesting. In your book, one of the very interesting concepts that you put together is why are all challenges are energy challenges? 
I know. Isn't that a bold statement? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I make it because everything's made out of energy. And mm-hmm. take an object, 99.999% plus dot, 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 of energy in that object is immeasurable. It's the subtle mm-hmm. energy. So it's honestly, Johnny, the subtle energy that's determining or deciding what is going to appear in physical reality. So if somebody has a tumor, we, we approach that physically. Do we need mm-hmm. to do surgery, radiation, chemo? But if we're really going to kind of make a difference with that tumor, we also want to look at what's going on in the subtle energetics or the subtle realms to go, what might this be about? Did this person absorb somebody else's energy? And that's what's stuck in the tumor, right? Other people's mm-hmm. feelings or mm-hmm. needs or, or issues, or is there, are, do I have trapped ener- emotions? And that's mm-hmm. really what the tumor is forming around. Or are there leftover dreams from my mom? And those are stuck inside of my body. So subtle energy is sort of the lattice work or the ladder that physical energy organizes on. So mm-hmm. I believe that we really want to make a difference in what's out here. We need to look at what's inside, too. Very, very interesting. That's a very interesting approach. When is fear good and healthy? Well, people these days especially, right, kind of go, oh, my gosh, I'm so tired of being scared, or I don't want to be scared. And in my book, Energy Healing for Trauma, you know, I talk about, um, you know, trauma as stress that gets stuck. And that which is stressful is scary to us. I mean, almost anything can be scary to us. (laughs) Right, right. We can get scared of good things as, as well as not not helpful, you know, or dangerous kind of things. But fear is not bad if it's if it's like giving us a message. Our body needs to help us feel scared when we're not safe. So here you are, you're walking down the road, there's a car barreling at you. Do you really want to stand there and not be scared? I mean, you're not going to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. So we need to feel scared if we're not safe. And then we can decide I want to move forward, backward, or to the side. And when we take those movements and get out of a threatening, non-safe situation and we're safe again, then we're not supposed to keep being scared. So fear gives us a message. And if we listen to it and get safe, boom, the fear can go away. So true. I mean, and it's all in keeping it within context and balance. I mean, like you say, fear helps us to balance out and too much fear on the other hand, then of course that's not good as well. Exactly. Because when we get too scared, like when we trigger an old issue, like something feels familiar to, to a situation that caused us harm when we were a child, we can get mm-hmm. so scared that we can't get to safety or we can't figure out what our body's trying to tell us, or mm-hmm. we can trigger our ancestors issues and we don't even need to be scared. <laughs> It was like, it was scary to our ancestors. It doesn't need to be scary to us. I mean, you don't want to see a car and get scared just because you see a car because three generations ago, our ancestors didn't know what they were. So they'd be scared if they walked around New York City, right? So too much fear, we close down, you know, or we do things Mm -hmm. that don't help us. Mm -hmm. So true. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio, our podcast available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Teachers Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, Mixcloud, Podchasers, Listen Notes, and Hop Hopper. I'm Johnny Tan, your host, and my guest for this morning is Cindy Dale. She's an internationally renowned author, speaker, healer, and business consultant. Cindy has authored 27 books about energy medicine, intuition, and spirituality. She has also worked with over 70,000 clients and presented hundreds of of seminars and workshops around the world. Cindy currently teaches a certified level program in energy medicine at Normandale College in Minneapolis, Minnesota. She also teaches a year-long apprenticeship program through her own company, Essential Energy, assisting individuals with developing their natural intuitive and healing gifts. We're having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and her latest book, Energy Healing for Trauma, Stress, and Chronic Illness. Cindy, can you explain to us the 12th chakra system? 
Yes. So most people understand that we have chakras. Those are subtle energy organs. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're in the body and they're out of the body, but they're able to convert physical energy into subtle and subtle into physical. So they're very handy when it comes to working through our issues. Again, most people, though, will go, why 12? I thought there were only seven. Because back in the 20s, Sir Arthur Avalon writing under, you know, I I mean, like having John Woodrow, if he used Mm -hmm. both names, wrote a book that said there are seven chakras. That's the Hindu reality. There's seven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He actually said there were six. And then people said, no, he said there were seven. But um, so that got fixed in the mind, in the Western mind especially. There's only seven chakras, and they're in the spine. But when I was growing up, I saw more chakras than that. I was like, well, there's these orbs around the person and under and over the head. And so when I became more acquainted in my 20s with a Woodrow system and the seven chakra in body, kind of parlay, I was like, well, I see more chakras than that. So I then became the developer of the so-called proprietary 12 chakra system because that's how many I saw. And you know what? Woodruff never really said there were six or seven. He said, this Mm -hmm. is a good system to use. There's lots of systems. Some of them have three chakras, some dozens. So it's sort of like pick your horse and ride it. But I like the 12 chakra system because it really gives us more play with working with subtle energy. We can go deeper and wider. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very interesting. And you have a very extensive information on meridians. What are they? Meridians are that the philosophy of meridians mainly comes from Asian medicine from mm-hmm. like 5,000 years ago brought forward. There are channels in the body that distribute subtle energy, maybe even physical energy, to be honest. And so in Chinese medicine, it's discussed that these meridians move life energy around and keep you healthy. If any of those meridians, the chi, as they say, gets blocked Mm -hmm. in the body, guess what? That's where you're going to have a lack of health. Whether that be emotional or physical or spiritual, you're going to get a disease pattern. And what I love about studying meridians is there's actually a lot of science that suggests that they're really real. A couple French researchers injected, this is sort of gross, but injected people (laughs) with radioactive isotopes at the site of some of the meridians. And they could then watch with the light these isotopes move around the pathways of the meridians, which were not blood vessels or lymph systems. So, you know, and it was like, wow, there really are these meridians that have been known for at least 5,000 years in many cultures. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And obviously at that time, they don't have any radioactive isotopes to (laughs) inject in anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So then you have to wonder, right, Johnny, like how'd they figure that out? That's right. I think they were intuitive. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. ancestors for all of us around the world really relied a lot more on their intuition than we have in the past few thousand years. Almost every spirituality or religion is based on intuition, like Mm -hmm. being connected to the divine or messengers of the divine or seeing clairvoyantly into the body. So Mm -hmm. we're starting, I think, to loop back to understanding that we have these capacities of seeing, sensing, feeling the invisible energy that we all have that capacity. But I think we're just, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of looping back there now. Right. So true. Well, what comes to mind, it was very, very interesting. I think it was what in the mid eighties or the beginning of the eighties where we started introducing 24 hours news channel. And so there's really no downtime because prior to that, after 10 o'clock or so or 11 o'clock or midnight, you literally shut down and you got nothing to do. You might listen to your own music collection or if nothing else, just sit there and be quiet. <laughs> yeah, but that's not much time to go in, right? Or get right, intuitive. Right. Everything's coming at us. Yeah. There's some interesting studies that talk about thousands of years ago, humans really relied on what they call their analog, A-N-A-L-O-G, mm-hmm. analog neurological mm-hmm. system which is the interconnected one. Like it was no big deal if a kid gets up and say, I had a dream and grandpa showed up and he wants us to move. 
okay, mm-hmm. well, we're going to move because grandpa told our child that. Um, and then in the past few thousand years, especially the past 2000, we use what they call the digital neurological mm-hmm. system a lot more, which is just like you're saying. It's all about data, news, logic, do, 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 do. And so it makes it harder for those of us who want to be more interconnected to get through the massive amounts of data and information and sometimes really boring stuff to mm-hmm. know what we're thinking or feeling for real inside. Mm-hmm. So true. Please tell us about the 12 auric system as well. Yeah. So the way I see the 12 chakras is that those are, there's seven in the body, there's five around the body, and mm-hmm. each of the chakras actually creates an auric field. So there's like, for instance, in my hips, all of our hips, there's a first chakra. It runs physicality and it creates like a band of energy next to the skin that goes all the way around the body that sort of carries out the marching order of the first chakra. So it's sort of a physical boundary and physical protection. So I think each of the 12 chakras turns into a field around us. So we have the chakras more or less managing our inside and the auric field really deciding what's, what data right? What information, what connections mm-hmm. are going to come into us or stay outside of us? Very, very interesting. When someone tells us you're glowing today, for some reason, they can kind of sense that glow around you. Yeah. And that's letting them know. I mean, and certain people glow in different colors, mm-hmm. <laughs> <And> it, <laughs> we, right? We don't know how to see that. We just, right, we're right. just not aware of it. So I'm going to cheat a little. Like, you have a lot of gold energy coming off of you. It's a very good thing. Okay, Johnny? Um, cool. You have other colors? I know. Can I just talk about the Oh, yes. For please a do. Okay, please cool. Do. Cool. All right. So, people with a lot of gold, and I've just trained myself to interpret these colors, like, in my mind, mm-hmm. so that it's more instinctive for me. People with a lot of gold tend to be what we call, in my world, very ninth chakra people. That's an energy center that's about harmony and uh, compassion and mm-hmm. idealism, but is but is it demarks the person who's making a difference in the world. So you, like your soul, is here to like share this sort of gold energy and to use it to make a difference in the world, to bring the the world into some sort of a better choreography or concert. Mm-hmm. You know, it's to bring people together. So that's what the gold is. It's very powerful. It it means there's even more for you to do as your life goes on too. Very, very interesting. That's interesting. Does that mean that that is my original energetic signature in a way? It does. It describes. So original energetic signature is sort of a combination of our soul, the part of us that goes through time, our spirit, like our mm-hmm. mind, our body. It, it, it just, it's sort of, it is like a set of key codes that say this is who you really are. And if you nourish that, you are healthy. If you mm-hmm. do that which goes against it, guess what? You're not going to be really healthy and you won't be happy. <laughs> so... One of your key codes is this gold energy that says you are here to bring the word the world together. Year, years mm-hmm. ago, there was a song I'd like to teach the world to sing. Coca-Cola yes, yes. took the song. That's <laughs> right? right. That's right. All right. That's one of your songs. I mean, that's, Interesting. that's one of the reasons you're here. Like, it's like your kitchen table. Let's bring people together. Let's yeah. talk about what has meaning. Let's ignite our spirits and let's each person go out there and make a difference. So that's right. one of your keys. It is. Very, very interesting. Yeah. If someone were to tell you the moment you're born, oh hey John, this is your file. <laughs> this is how you go. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. I think after putting a lot of mileage out there when you look back in history of yourself, then you realize that, oh my gosh, I mean that common denominator kind of thing and what your strengths and weaknesses. And to me, I tell people there's no weaknesses. These are areas of opportunity in the sense that sort of keep you balanced. And so that's very interesting what you just said. 
and we do need mileage in order to make sense of it. We got to fall off the bike and get dusted off and go, okay, well, <laughs> I want to, I don't want to bike right into the wind or tornado. So let's do this a different way. So there's a lot of lessons along the way too. Very, very interesting. One of the things that is fascinating to me is why shouldn't we personalize our decision? Johnny, I think so often we personalize what other people are doing and thinking, right? Mm -hmm. When it's Mm -hmm. really about what they're doing or thinking. (laughs) It's not, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not about us, the way they're being. There's an interrelationship, but it's not about us. And so I feel like sometimes we have to make that true about ourselves, too. Like, let's stay with our intuition, Let's make decisions about, you know, kind of in alignment with who we know ourselves to be, but let's mm-hmm. not personalize how others react to it um, or, you know, or bring in what, you know, the negativity that they offer us. Let's just stay in flow with whatever it is we call spirit and go mm-hmm. from there. It really isn't all about us. And, you know, we have to be self-loving and self-correcting mm-hmm. at the same time, but let's not make it all about us either. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I mean, over the years, I've embraced the concept of they really don't know me is their loss, not mine. When yeah. someone brushes you off in certain ways or something, and then I realize that, hey, I have no problems with that because I know my self-worth and what I'm capable of. Exactly. Not being arrogant or conceited, but just sort of a level of courage and confidence. Exactly. My my youngest, when he went off to first grade, he didn't know any of the kids. And he came home and he said, they teased me. They called me orange head. Who knows why kids do that? And I said, well, what was that about? He goes, I don't know, but it doesn't really matter, mom, because they don't know me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is that? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's about them, not about me. Very interesting. Very interesting. This leads me to the next question. How do you define trauma and how many forces are there that really affects trauma? Yeah, to me, trauma is stress that gets stuck inside of us. We have thousands of stressors a day, and we're all individual. So what might stress me out may not stress you out, right? Like Mm -hmm. I could get stressed if my lipstick goes on crooked. That's sort of stupid. (laughs) (laughs) But somebody else isn't going to get stressed about that. But when we can't get over a stressor, we're in trauma or trauma locks in the body. And what mm-hmm. delivers a stress is what I call a force. Forces are invisible, all right? We can't see them, though we can sense their effect. So, for instance, there's physical forces. Um, somebody hits you, and that can traumatize you, you know, unless you can heal from it or work it through. There's environmental forces, like getting affected by a tsunami or or the fires, the raging fires in California. There mm-hmm. are also emotional stressors where somebody's mean to you or on the subtle level, maybe, you know, they're just thinking, you know, kind of bad feelings about you and you pick up on that. There's verbal forces where somebody yells at you. But again, maybe they're just screaming at you in their head, but because we're made out of subtle energy, we may take that inner on and it can hurt us. These days, there's also something called digital forces that can injure us, maybe like electromagnetic devices that Mm -hmm. can challenge us. Or, I mean, I don't know about you, but I can get stressed on emails, like not Mm -hmm. just too many of them. Like, oh, my God, I'm never going to get through these. But there's those few placed words in some people's emails or their comments or their trolling that can really hurt you. So we can get stressed out. And if we can't clear it, it can lead to trauma, you know, because of how much modern technology we have too. Right, right. That's true. That brings me to the next question. You talk extensively about modern technology. Is 5G technology good or bad? I know a lot of people in my field, right, really affected by Mm -hmm. energy or energy sensitivity, think that Mm -hmm. it's bad. Now, here's where I go with it. 5G is really fast, and it can really impact our subtle energy, but also our neurological system. Mm -hmm. To some extent, you know what? You just kind of got to adapt to it. So 
I've done some energy work on myself. I have like a little bit of copper tubing in my house. Um, you know, there's all kinds of technology that you can buy over the mm-hmm. internet to help decrease the effect of EMF on yourself. So mm-hmm. yeah, it may not be the best for a lot of people, but it's here to stay. So, you know, limit it, limit your exposure and or learn how to adapt. That's very interesting though, because I remember years ago, one of my moms, my Texan earthly mom, yeah. she's fairly intuitive. And she mentioned to me, let me put it this way. Information is out there in the air. It's like a radio. Do you have your dial on the right frequency? If you do, then you pick up WAFB or whatever that is. And you turn it the other way a little bit. You pick up this FM channel or that AM channel. The information is in the air. We just don't realize it. We are being bombarded by it all the time. We are being bombarded all the time. I mean, emails Mm -hmm. being sent to your neighbors, those energies Mm -hmm. might be passing through you. But you're making such an important point, Johnny. Decide what you're going to pay attention to and focus on that. Because I don't want to read my neighbor's emails psychically. (laughs) Right, right, right. Let them go. Like, Set your boundaries, decide what you want to tune into or not, learn certain practices that are going to benefit you, and, you know, know that you have the power to tune in or tune out. Right. So true. You're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, MixCloud, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and Hop Hopper. My guest is Cindy Dale. She is an internationally renowned author, speaker, healer, and business consultant. Cindy has authored 27 books about energy medicine, intuition, and spirituality. She has also worked with over 70,000 clients and presented hundreds of seminars and workshops around the world. Cindy currently teaches a certificate-level program in energy medicine at Normandale College in Minneapolis, Minnesota, She also teaches a year-long apprenticeship program through her own company, Essential Energy, assisting individuals with developing their own intuitive and healing gifts. We're having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and her latest book, Energy Healing for Trauma, Stress, and Chronic Illness. I'm your host, Johnny Tan. Cindy, what are the four aspects of our identity? I love talking about that because I think it's really important we keep reminding ourselves we're more than the Mm -hmm. self we see in the mirror. Now, love the self in the mirror, but you're more than that. So from my perspective, we each are and have a spirit. That's our essence. And whatever it is you call God, spirit, universe, that's Mm -hmm. the part of us that knows it's always connected to the source. So you can't injure your spirit because it's connected and it's like trying to cut the air. It doesn't happen. The soul is a slowed down version of our spirit. So think about a time when we were all, um, you know, spirits hanging around, which is cool. You know, there's mm-hmm. nobody hurting anybody. You can just manifest what you want, but it's sort of boring <laughs> too. So, <laughs> so we develop souls that can travel through time and go and have different lifetimes worth of experiences to do something, to learn, to, to learn about our special gifts, to create from love, and, you know, you can get injured on the way. Mm-hmm. The mind is a part of the soul that it's sort of like the computer of the soul that holds our memories and our conclusions about what we've gone through that might be functional and accurate or dysfunctional and wrong. Like, no, not everybody's out to get you, but the soul might think that based on some experiences, so that's what the mind thinks. Then we finally have this body. So every time I believe in reincarnation, every time we come into a new body, here comes our spirit, our soul, our mind, programs stuff into the body, and that's the vessel we're in for experiencing, for learning, for working through what we didn't know and, um, you know, and sharing who we are and helping others as well. Very interesting. That brings me to how do we release ourselves from cords, curses, holes, myism, and markers? So what all those words or descriptions have in common, cords, curses, holes, Mm -hmm. myases, and markers, they're all things we don't want. They're all what in my world I call energetic constructs 
that mm-hmm. bind us. So maybe they're connections between people through which we lose energy or their energies put on us by enter- entities or people that keep us repressed. And so first we just need to know that, you know, such things exist and that they limit us. And I feel like there's many ways to perform a release, but basically you want to either have your own spirit, that's that immortal part of you, you know, kind of like help release you, like just ask Mm -hmm. your higher self, you know, release me from this stuff or whatever it is you call the greater spirit. There's streams of energy. I call them grace. I could go into the science of them too, that are always available provided. So it's love in motion. So if you think you've got something impacting you, ask, ask your own spirit, ask guidance, ask the greater spirit to help dissolve these sorts of limitations and free you up. Very interesting. So is this something that you can do in terms like scanning someone because they may not have any idea if they have any of these? I mean, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you like mm-hmm. to? I'm offering myself here for. <laughs> oh my God, that's great. Thing. Okay, okay. <laughs> Let me tell you what I see. All right. Mm-hmm. So you've got a, you've got like a, a hold over what I would call the third chakra. So let me tell you what that information means. So Mm -hmm. the third chakra is in the stomach area. That has to do with our success, work success, uh, you know, kind of the information that's held within us. And I feel like that that hold is active right now, sort of limiting, you know, Mm -hmm. some of the next steps that you want to take. Mm-hmm. And I think it's partially from the world, partially from, you know, kind of the Western culture, um, you know, old ideas from the ancestors, like you're not safe, like you've been really successful, right? But it's sort mm-hmm. of like if, if you want to be super successful also, like with these concepts, spiritual concepts, right, teaching the world these higher truths, I feel mm-hmm. like some of your ancestors going back in time aren't so sure about that for you. Like, don't poke your head up. In that yeah, realm. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it's a hold that's on you. So all I'm going to do, kind of on your behalf, is mm-hmm. ask your connection to source to just send grace, to send healing energies into that hold, like it's around your stomach in the front and the back part of it, to just dissolve that and free you up. That's what we're doing. Awesome. And now. You don't have to do anything. Just tell me okay. what you might sense or feel, Johnny, if anything. I feel sort of lighter weight sense of uh, building slowly, uh, slow confidence, if that makes sense. Courage, yep. because one of the things that I, I've always prayed for is like, give me clarity and courage to enact. Right. There are a few projects I'm working on right now. and But you're right. It seems to like it's all this... I'm in a maze where can't really pull the trigger yet. Can't pull the trigger yet kind of thing. Right. And that's how a hold works. It sort of stops or or keeps you from moving forward. And again, we don't always need to know what or who those kind of things come from. They can mm-hmm. come with us, right, from mm-hmm. ancestry or past lives. But it sort of just puts – it's always like one more step. Johnny has to take one more step, one more step, one more step. So we're dissolving that imprint, and interestingly enough, the third chakra, the stomach area, is the center of self-esteem, self-confidence, courage, and the ability to be helped by those who can leap you ahead also. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this is perfect to bring your projects into the world. It's project management. The ability right. to even do project management and, and achieve success sits in that energy center. Right. So is there anything that I need to do going forward to continually dissolve such hold? I think that does, I think the hold is going to continue to be dissolved for you. I'll mm-hmm. tell you the image I get when you ask the question, what else might I need to do? I'm mm-hmm. seeing another energy center. It's the fifth. It's in the throat. All right. Mm -hmm. And the guides are going to your guidance is going Mm -hmm. to more firmly connect that to an energy center on the top of your head, which is seventh, 
which above that is the gold one. All right. Mm-hmm. So I just mm-hmm. feel like in this moment, they're interconnecting your higher purpose with your spiritual purpose. That's the one on the top of the head with your speaking voice, with mm-hmm. your throat um, that has to do with being able to voice who you are, what you're doing, get your voice heard. And the mm-hmm. other picture that is a doing, I, this is kind of a funny picture. Like I'm seeing a guy tapping on the back of your neck saying, mm-hmm. I can talk to you. I can help you. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love it. You can go where it. you want with that. But mm-hmm. what that means is you actually have helpers who can give you more advice during meditation, right. pop mm-hmm. words in your head, help you when you're speaking, when you're sitting down and making plans, when you're agreeing to things with people. I feel like what the guides are trying to say is you have help, so draw on us. We will help. Let yourself be helped. And how do I hear these advices and helps? I think that's I know. The that's big always thing. the litmus test. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> so picture I'm seeing, I'm actually seeing you writing. Like they're like right next to your ear. And I feel like what they're trying to say is write down a question, sit back for a second, then write whatever pops in your head because that's our way of being able to speak to you. Okay. I would Wonderful. give it a try. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> right? Definitely. What's interesting, though, the same exercise you're talking about is that when I'm focused on certain things when I want to write, and again, I've made the correlation about having a summa cum laude in English, like, oh, my God, I better get my English <laughs> yeah. correct. But what happened was English is not my first language, right? But when I put it down on paper, it's polished. Oh, my God. That's, a, that's brilliant. Yeah. Wow. See, you're already using this capability. And I believe the guys are trying to say, let's go a step further. We mm-hmm. will help you more. Even mm-hmm. with those, you know, kind of problems, pick, you know, yeah. bringing a project forward, let yeah. us advise you. Let us help you. I think you're just going another step with your already present capability, Johnny. I see. Well, I just wanted to get it refined for that so that I know exactly where it's at because I somehow channel inspirational quotes and I have it in my store on joyfulliving360.com forward slash store. And I have all these beautiful inspirational quotes that are actually essence of my second book and which is interesting <laughs> that I'm working on right now. But There's that's the something that came There it through. is. See? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> You've got But this. you put it all You're together doing for this. me though. Yeah, they'll help you more. They're just going to help more. That's what it is. Wow. That's amazing. That's really, really amazing. Can you give us a quick way of resolving grief? Because I think that's one of the things that a lot of people face. Yeah. Grief is so challenging, whether it's grief in the moment where we're sad or angry about what's happening right now or something that did. Be kind to yourself. I think the easiest way is to help picture the self who's sad or angry or in grief and then separate your current adult self out a little bit, even if it's a grieving you're doing from yesterday, right? Get get part of you in more of the parent role or the witnessing role and then take care of that grieving you that you can picture. You know, sit down and let them talk, um, mm-hmm. let them write care about them, tell them what they need to hear, and be very active with helping the grieving self. Very, very interesting. Where can someone go to get more information about you, buy your books, enroll in your programs, and keep up with your latest happenings? Well, it's just my name. That's my website is cindydale.com, C-Y-N-D-I-D-A-L-E.com. Like everything's up on my website. Fantastic. So what's next for you? Oh, you know, I'm teaching a cool class through an organization called the Shift Network. And it's, um, you know, kind of giving people different energy tools and Mm -hmm. trying to move over into the fiction category. And this is sort of where people are close to me. They know my youngest son is a baseball pitcher. I have Mm. a ton of baseball knowledge and sports knowledge. Nobody would guess that. 
I would love eventually <laughs> to work with athletes if I can keep helping them the way that I've spent years and years and years helping my son and his friends. Mm-hmm. That's very, very interesting. As we close this hour, since our show is about people, family, and living life, would you like to share a recipe for living with our listeners this morning? Yeah, I love – now, to me, I don't cook cook very well. <laughs> to me, cooking is mixing two or more ingredients. So I have very short recipes. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so I would say every day give yourself a reason to start with joy. Like get up and find mm-hmm. some reason to feel some joy. You can have any other feelings that you want, but select and start with joy. I think we can end every day by ending with something that's joyous as well. And then, mm-hmm. you know, this is sort of silly, but I feel like what works best is to go through the day kind of with the heart of a dog. I mean, and aren't they great animals? They're mm-hmm. open. They're happy. They can self-protect if they need to. They love to eat. There's nothing wrong with eating, right? Right, right. <laughs> so, so keep that heart, you know, kind of of the innocent, even while you take care of yourself. That's beautiful, beautiful. Cindy, thank you for the great recipe for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me next Tuesday morning, September 22nd. My guest will be Mabel Katz. She is an internationally acclaimed World Peace Ambassador and is recognized as a leading authority on Ho'opono Opono, the ancient Hawaiian art and practice of problem-solving for achieving happiness and peace. Mabel and I will be having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and her latest book, Zero Frequency, The Easiest Way to Peace, Happiness, and Abundance. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to fmmktalkradio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. Cindy, it has been a true pleasure. Thank you again and have a very blessed day. Joy to you all. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you. Bye-bye.